Welcome to the podcast that is all about self-employment. We'll be sharing expertise on getting started, getting noticed, and getting it right, as well as dealing with getting it wrong. Your host, Julia Kermode, will help you get ahead so you get the success you deserve. Well, welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me Dave Chaplin, who is affectionately known as Mr. IR35, and he's been a friend of the show for a while. We're talking about the IR35 changes that have just been announced, which is the repeal of off-payroll legislation, which was a surprise announcement in the Chancellor's mini-budget. So welcome, Dave. Really pleased to have you here. Tell us a very little bit about your background and why why are you Mr. IR35? Oh, I'm so exciting. Uh, I get cornered in a party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely break the ice with all my talk about uh, exciting tax law. My background is software engineering, and I was uh, in the city in the late 90s, leading teams of developers to build online banks. And I was part of the first wave of contractors, really, when um, IR35 came in in April 2000. So, and I've been I've been obsessed with it ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, these days, I mean, it's got to the point now where um, I mean, I I go to all the tribunals, I help defend taxpayers at tribunals. Um, I help with inquiry work. So I've been really at the front line of this for a very, very long time. Yes. And I know you don't mind me calling you a geek because I think the world needs more geeks. But we were chatting just before I hit record and you were able to kind of quote stuff from when the government were talking about this a couple of years ago. So very impressive knowledge. So what has happened? What what the heck happened in the with the Chancellor's announcement then? Tell us. Kwasi Kwarteng is the bravest chancellor I've ever seen. Uh, no one expected this on the on the day. Was it 23rd, wasn't it, when he hit 23rd of September, he announced this. We're all sat there, yep, half, half past nine. We're all sitting there to watch his, what was supposed to be a mini budget that turned yes. out to be a massive budget. Um, prior to that, there had been lots of campaigning during the Tory leadership hustings. And Liz Truss had promised an IR35 review, and you may yeah. recall the previous IR35 review. In fact, we were both around the same table when we went to see the Treasury. Yes. Um, and <laughs> during that review that didn't really turn into a review, they promised that, well, that one turned into a review to review how they were going to implement the thing rather yes. than actually stop the thing. Yes, so exactly. <laughs> we it was were ridiculous. Ex- <laughs> it was silly. We were expecting... I didn't think she would even announce that there was a, an IR35 review going no, to happen no. because typically and cynically, I would say that if you're a government minister, you don't announce a review into something unless you know what the outcome is before you announce the review. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I've been watching, too, been watching too much uh, Yes Minister. So I thought, well, he, he he's probably not had chance to even plan that out, mm-hmm. speak to Treasury and HMRC. Because typically if you're going to do a major tax change, you adhere to the tax consultation framework from 2011. Yes. There's five steps in that, and that involves speaking to all of the stakeholders, asking for opinions, mm. um, feedback. Then there's another paper, then there's a response, and so on. And there was many rounds of this, um, as you may recall, yeah. as off-payroll came in. In fact, the first, the first discussion paper was back in July 2015. So this has been a seven-year project for um, <laughs> Treasury and HMRC. Yeah. But instead of doing all of that, um, he just went, right, chapter 10, I'll just rip that up. That's not <laughs> happening anymore from next April. <laughs> so it was astounding. 
we have to ask ourselves, well, why did he do that? I know. And it, it really is as astonishing as you're saying, because it's kept you busy for the last seven years. It's kept me busy on and off for the last seven years and many, many others as well. Um, and it doesn't just affect contractors, it affects businesses um, and the whole, anybody, that the whole economy in a way. I might be being a touch dramatic there, actually, but it, it, it feels that big to me. Well, it's huge because the UK economy is very much dependent upon um, the flexible workforce mm. and the off-payroll working rules. Whilst I entirely agree with the intent, I never agreed with the solution. And it poured glue over the flexible workforce. Firms were forced to hire people on payroll as employees when really they wanted flexible workers who they could hire and fire at will. And it was damaging to UK business. There was certainly flaws within the legislation, but those could have potentially been fixed. They should have really delayed it for two years, as we all tried to get them to do in July yeah. 2020. And then they could have fixed those, but it came out flawed. And then those flaws within the legislation just made it really difficult for all of those firms. I imagine Kwasi Kwarteng, as part of his growth plan, spoke to large businesses and asked them, what are your hurdles? What do I need to remove? And I bet top of their list would have been the off-payroll legislation. Yeah, that's true. So what exactly has happened then? Because there's all sorts of stuff we've seen on social media over the weekend. So so you tell us straight, what's going on? Uh, nothing's changed for the moment. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out that if the Chancellor stands up in uh, the Houses of Parliament and Jess announces an intent to change the tax, it doesn't mm. mean the law's suddenly changed overnight. Right, funnily, yeah. funnily, funnily enough, <laughs> you need to have a, a finance bill um, leading to a finance act, and that will take time. So yeah. whilst there is signalled intent by um, the Chancellor government to repeal the off-payroll legislation, that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. um, the finance bill will probably come out, I am guessing a bit, but I'm thinking November. Yep. It can typically take three months to go through all the various readings and committee stages and so on. So we might be looking at February next year before we. it's really certain that this is yeah. happening. Yeah. Now, you, you said at the start, I reminded you of something that happened a few years ago. And I think it was the 23rd of March, uh, 2020, when Steve Barclay, <laughs> who was geek. The, I'm so geeky <laughs> on this, where Steve Barclay, the then Chief Secretary of the Treasury, he was just laying the, the finance bill before Parliament, and that was going to put the legislation in starting in um, April 2020. Mm. Um, and at that point, at first reading, he said, oh, by the way, we're going to delay it for a year. I mean, so it, it's literally that very last moment it could happen. Yeah. So for now, <laughs> everyone needs to carry on as if this is not going to happen. Okay. Because it may not happen. Yeah. Now, if it does happen, then IR35 is not dead. Um, unfortunately, yes. it's IR35 confusingly refers to two pieces of legislation. So now I'm going to go geeky. So yeah, no, the original IR35 was the intermediaries legislation that came in in 2000, which we all know and love. Yeah. Um, and the off payroll legislation, that's chapter 10 of the Finance Act, that came mm -hmm. in 2017 and 2021. So those were called IR35 reforms. 
They really yeah. shouldn't have called it IR35 reform. It didn't reform IR35. <laughs> it was a brand new piece of legislation that happened to have a test in it that was based on the same one in Chapter yeah. 8, the original legislation, which is to find out if someone's a deemed employee. So yeah. they're just going to get rid of the reform. The reform yeah. that was supposed to improve IR35 didn't improve IR35. Now we're going back to the old rules, which weren't very good and never really worked. But uh, mark my words, they will not let the old rules just sit there and not enforce them. Yes. So you're making it sound like a farce and I pass no comment whatsoever. Oh, it is a farce. <laughs> it is a farce. Like yeah. gov government introduces a piece of legislation and then it doesn't work. primary tax legislation and 15 months just goes, rip it up, no yeah. consultation, throw it off the statute. That's, that's if, bad. If only someone had told them maybe this wasn't good legislation, but, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah, if only someone had warned them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we, we, we really should speak up about this a bit more. <laughs> so the off-payroll bits of legislation then look like they are set to disappear in April next year, to, like on a practical level. So what does that mean if that does actually happen? What does it mean for contractors? It will mean that contractors are now responsible for assessing their own tax, just like yeah. before. Okay. Now, there's a bit more to it rather than just it changes who does the assessment and that's it. The okay. tax treatment of contractors, the tax treatment of for a deemed employee is different under the old, old rules and the new rules. And you may recall when we were all doing the rounds mm. a few years ago on the circuit, everyone kept talking about the employer's NI. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so if someone is uh, caught under IR35 under the old rules, they pay the employers NI. And if someone's under the new rules, the hiring firm has to pay the employers NI. So that, that's kind of the different tax treatment. Now, mm. there is no way that firms are not going to secure their supply chain and say, it's a free for all folks. Yeah. Hey, go back to tax avoidance. We're going to facilitate and promote lots of that. Form your own limited company, please. And yeah, wink, wink. I hope you follow the IR35 tax rules and pay the right tax. Wink, wink. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Now, we've got the Criminal Finances Act now, mm -hmm. whereby if you uh, promote and facilitate uh, tax evasion, it's a criminal offence. Yeah. But firms are not going to just be doing this willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, um, same for agencies. The worst thing that's down the pipe really is the managed service company legislation yes now this is all a bit theory scary stuff but contractors will need to know this um so we went from chapter eight to chapter 10 but in the middle of that is chapter nine which is the managed service yeah. company's legislation this means that let's say a contractor um, has a, a large accounting firm that helps mm -hmm. them with their specialist contracting stuff and that accounting firm is told by HMRC that they are a managed service company provider, mm. then all of the contractors on their books are treated kind of as if they're all caught by IR35, irrespective of yeah. the actual status. Now, this is brutal. It's happened to two um, accounting firms fairly recently this year. Mm -hmm. One was called Churchill Knight and the other one's Books. And, and what happens even just by being accused, it really damages those firms. Yeah. So HMRC have got this stick where if these firms don't get this right, they can go in there and pretty much destroy that firm and those contractors almost like trial by media before the companies even had a chance to go to court. So 
contractors need to be very, very careful not to, if someone's saying to them, a condition of this job is you must have your own limited company. So go and get one. And mm. by the way, you can go and use this firm over here or help you form one and so on. Everyone yeah. needs to be really, really careful about that. Yeah, avoid that if possible, because the basis of the managed service company legislation basically says that if you are making decisions on your own behalf in relation to your limited company and the finances and the accounts, then then they're saying someone else is doing that for you. Therefore, you're not genuinely working for yourself. That's that's it in a nutshell. So, well, that's the basic premise of it, and that's what yeah. came out, and that was in was in all the original guidance on HMRC's website, all of which has since been deleted and just been replaced with some of the cases they've won on this. The most famous one oh. being the Cristiano <laughs> case, which is about Costello Business Services. And unfortunately, HMRC had a quite a lucky win in that court of appeal case, whereby they can now kind of accuse a, an accounting firm of being involved with the limited company, just if they're charging them on a regular basis with a regular fee, which is totally ridiculous when we're in this subscription-based economy world. Yeah. Um, the legislation itself came in, I think it was 2008, wasn't it? Was it 2007? Yes, it was, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's a long time ago in... in um, technology SAS world yeah. so I think government may need to intervene on the managed service company legislation tighten up the rules a bit to basically prevent HMRC from getting up to naughtiness by going around and accusing what is frankly a, a boring bookkeeping company from <laughs> so I'm not really keen on accounting you can tell um, but they I, you know I don't want them going around because um, you know hitting all of these accounting firms on the head because yeah. um, that would be entirely unfair. Well, it wasn't the intention of the original legislation, um, as as we said, but we, we're sort of digressing a little bit. We are a bit, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, 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 it's, yeah. it's fine, because it's, it's all really important, actually, because I'm aware that contractors listening may be thinking, OK, I want to get my limited company up and running again. I want to get back to working outside IR35 from next year. Now, if they are currently inside IR35, whether it's fair or not, and then they're thinking from April next year, I'm going to be outside because that's my decision as it's my company. What would be your kind of thinking around that? Because to me, that, that I would be a bit cautious about that. But but you tell me. Yeah, so there's a, there's a number of things that would need to be considered, both for contractors and for hiring firms. Mm. I mean, for hiring firms... There's no way they're, as we said, we're just going to let everyone engage in blatant tax avoidance, yeah. willfully yeah. knowing that they're not paying the right <laughs> amount of tax. For the contractor, so you've used the phrase, well, they've been operating inside IR35 all this time. Mm. Unfortunately, the phrase inside IR35 appears to have become synonymous with like an agent saying, oh, this one's inside IR35, therefore yeah. you need to go on the agency payroll or use an umbrella. Yeah. Well, yeah. those people aren't inside IR35. They are on an agency payroll or they're using an umbrella company, which has nothing to do with IR35. Okay, they never yeah. had an assessment saying they were inside <laughs> IR35. Yeah. Someone who is inside IR35 right now is using a limited company, having the tax deducted at source, and then they can extract that money net of tax from their company. So they still got a PSC. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So PSC that's what that personal means. Service personal company. service company. Yes. yes. They're still using their limited yeah. company. So, I mean, let's talk about the brollies because there's probably tons of contractors using an umbrella company. Who probably don't really want to, to be honest, do they? Well, so yes. So you're absolutely, you're right. Lots of people were told, do you want the job or not? You have to use an umbrella company. Yeah. Here's a list. Choose off this list. 
Um, is is what it is. You just negotiate your rate accordingly, and you yeah. know where you go. Yeah. But contractors will be saying, "No, sorry, I'm not using an umbrella company anymore. Forget it. I'm a." I'm using my own limited company. It's not your decision. It's mm. my decision to decide my tax status. And that driver will result, all those commercial drivers will probably result in a, a very large reduction in the number of people using umbrella companies and a an increase in those using limited companies. That's mm -hmm. likely to happen. However, and this is the kicker, if that contractor's doing that at the same firm they were at, having the same customer, yeah. and previously they were inside, oh, made, made the mistake. Previously they were on payroll, <laughs> right? Yeah. And previously they were on <laughs> payroll, and then they go to a limited company. Well, they, they're a sitting duck for HMRC mm. to step in and say, uh, you owe us tax. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When when you're building a fact pattern to defend a contractor, or if I think put my HMRC hat on, yeah. you look at all of the history of what's happened with that engagement, yeah. they don't have a leg to stand on. Mm. And when you're defending a taxpayer under the Chapter 8 scenario, it's extreme. So try original I-35, I'm just turning techie. Yeah. When you're <laughs> defending them there, it's exceptionally important to have the client on your side. Now, of all of those cases that have gone through the tax tribunals, the R35 cases, the most mm -hmm. recent ones, I don't, I won't name any ones in particular, but the ones where the contractor hasn't won, the client's pretty much thrown them under the bus and hasn't been very helpful uh, okay. with witness mm -hmm. evidence, going to court and helping them out to prove that their status is outside R35. Unless the client is on board with the decision, it does seem highly unlikely, well, it would be unlikely for the contractor to win that type of case um, if HMRC intervene. So mm. then we ask ourselves, what's the chances of being investigated under IR35 from April 2023? Mm. And I think it's going to be very high. I then, think so, yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Do you remember, the, remember <laughs> yeah. 2000, 2002? Yeah. I mean, they were doing about two or three thousand investigations a year there's no way hmrc are not going to enforce this legislation yeah they will be they've got 1.2 billion pounds worth of reasons every year to do so <laughs> and yes. i think it's even more than that i think they've just taken that one two point one point two billion number that was in that growth plan report that was published the other oh, day yeah i think they've just taken that for the original impact statement but there would have be, been, I think they collected loads more than that, maybe even double. Yeah. So they'd be going for it. Yeah. Uh, we're now in 2022. It's 20 years after the first time they implemented IR35 and even attempted to enforce it. Mm. They have got tons more data and yes. intelligence and ways to find contractors and so on. Yeah. And they will be able to, the risk, risk evaluation teams will be able to target those contractors like Exocet missiles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. It's probably not funny, but well, <laughs> but, they will. But, yeah, it's creating an image in my mind. And <laughs> uh, uh, and and they're right to. If that yeah. contractor is not paying the right amount of tax, you should be paying the right amount of tax. Yeah. No, I don't want HMRC to to bully contractors to pay the money. I want. No. I don't want them to seek tax by intimidation, but I do want them to enforce the tax code and go after the tax avoiders. Yeah. And and I'll help them do that if they ask my help. Um, they might even listen this time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs>
<laughs> actually listen to something I say. So I think that's what that's what will be happening. Yeah. And because of that, because of all of that enforcement, you go back to the hiring firm. Well, if you're a hiring firm, the last thing you want to do is have a reputation yeah. of hiring all of these people that are avoiding tax. Yeah. So yeah. I think everything will carry on being the same and there will be assessments done in a still in a maybe a collaborative way. It's just that the, the contractor will have the liability. So do you think there's going to be any sectors in particular that might be affected by, by these changes? Well, um, it may well be sector-based, but mm. it all stems from the root decision of what is the actual status in law for this particular engagement. Yeah. Now, it may well be that people working in finance um, and I don't want to say across all of finance, but no. if you're working in compliance in a, a finance house and you're under strict regulatory controls as to how you go about doing things, yeah. it may well be that there's too much um, control over you and really you're just you're just a temp. So yeah. you're, you're, you know, so you're really that's not going to work. Yeah. No, it may well be that if you are working on a particular thing in the medical sector that you know, there's an implied right of control based on all of the regulations and so on. It's mm. very much on a case by case basis. Mm. And all of the firms and contractors will need to work this out. Yeah. Um, we, we are heading more towards a market where firms, well, they never, they never want headcount anyway, yeah. but they've now learned over the last few years and been forced to learn how to, in a way, sort of componentize, um, um, projects and mm -hmm. statements of work and schedules and all of this kind of thing so they can outsource work offshore it and so on well all of that will continue so we could end up with um, a similar amount of contractors using limited companies who are genuinely outside because more firms have learned uh, how to do that and have sh yeah. and have changed their workforce yeah and we're, globally we're uh, we've learned through covid as well that we're you know, from working from home, it extends yep. to work from anywhere. So th these firms will be seeking to use contractors from anywhere in the world, but now they can get them in the UK again without having this horrendous sludge to yeah. go through. Yeah, that's true. And I do remember kind of thinking when it first came out last week that actually it should free up the contracting sector and free free things up for the businesses as well, which is is kind of what you're saying but also with a good degree of caution spring <laughs> sprinkled on top of that vision <laughs> yeah it, it would be naive for firms overnight to just stick all of their people on pscs that yeah. would be a gross negligence frankly yeah um yeah. it's naive of contractors who have uh, prematurely been cheering on linkedin hey ir35 is dead can i now use a psc <laughs> i mean yeah. crikey do you not do you, do, do you not know anything about ir35 <laughs> <laughs> some of the questions they ask you think you know i love you contractors you know it's great what you do but come on at least read some of the material i've published over the last 20 years yeah exactly <laughs> come on um i mean in a, in a way you kind of blame some of the guidance that came out of hmrc because you know they kept calling all the new rules ir35 and then yeah. the, the bloody not <laughs> you know it's off payroll working yes um, that's true. so that's true. i mean we said ir35 is dead long live ir35 is the sort of silly oh, phrase that's uh, yeah, proliferating yeah. around the internet at the moment yeah it's, it's it's all gone a little bit mad and again i i just want to kind of conclude again with that point that nothing is changing yet and even though they've said it 
it's likely to change. I think they were actually more positive than saying it's likely to change. They said it will change, but there's yeah. still plenty of time for it to not happen, isn't there? Sorry to be negative. No, I think it's important to warn people that things don't always go according to plan. Things just don't happen. There might be rebel MPs who put in wrecking amendments to it. Yeah, uh, There could be all sorts of things that happen. It could be something as simple as, and I might not blame the large firms for doing this, they might want a bit more time to prepare. Well, do you know, um, I mean... So they, they might spent, ask for a year's delay. They spent millions on getting ready the first time round, and now that's all going to be taken away from them. I mean, they're not going to get their money back, are they, on, on, on kind of what they've invested so far to be compliant? <laughs> No, I don't think they could uh, get their money back for that. (laughs) But if you're a large firm and and quite rightly, and I would understand the reasons that you had a policy decision that everyone was going on payroll, Mm. it's going to take you quite a while to transition away from that and Mm. to do that effectively. You won't be as competitive to perhaps some of those other firms who already have in place an effective off payroll regime yeah um, so in fact for some of those ones they might they might want to start actually engaging with the original off payroll regime even though it's going out in yeah, um, potentially yeah. in a few months just so that they end up with a smooth transition into the new world so they can work out how to do it properly rather yeah. than rather than if they were a firm that just said no to contractors in their own limited companies yeah yeah that that makes sense um so so yeah what I mean, what what would be your final words then for for listeners? Um, and obviously, I will put a link to where to find you. Um, and anyone listening really should follow you on LinkedIn to get all the latest info on on this. But what what are your final kind of uh, bits of advice? Um, carry on as you are right now. Yep. For contractors, um, assume nothing will change unless the finance bill goes through, and we, we'll start mm-hmm. to sort of have a bit more of an idea about that as we head towards Christmas yeah you have to educate yourself yeah you have to expect that a firm isn't going to let you just get away with blatant tax avoidance so educate yourself Mm -hmm. and between now and next april find yourself a seat with outside ir35 written on it and then you shouldn't have much trouble as we head uh past april next year yeah yeah Actually, that educating piece is so important. I know when you're working for yourself, you just want to get on with the job, don't you, rather than worry about all this stuff. But there's so much information out there on on kind of uh, your websites, um, other websites as well. So, yeah, if, if you don't educate yourself, you, you haven't got any chance really of, of kind of helping your clients understand it because they won't understand it necessarily. And uh, I mean, and one way they can educate themselves, we're going to have a series of webinars yeah. um, for contractors on IR35 Shield. This will be for members only. Um, This is a blatant plug. So if they join IR35 Shield now, Mm IR35 Shield for contractors, it's £200 for a year's membership. They will get all the education and training and guiding they need as we head towards the new world. And also if they are collared by HMRC after Mm -hmm. April 2023, because they're one of our members, we will defend them it will be me defending them in conjunction with my defense partner chris leslie and there will be cover and there is cover now up for one hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds worth so very good idea to become a member of ir35 shield right now 
because then we're going to do the best we can to help you get a seat that says outside R35 on it and protect you going forward. Brilliant. Well, I have to say, um, having known you for the length of time that I have, I would fully recommend that. And I also know of Chris. I have never met Chris, but I know of him. And so, yeah, it, 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 it sounds like a good deal to me. So on that note, Thanks so much for joining us. I hope we will have you back as and when things develop. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, talk to you again soon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Julia. Take care. Thank you for listening to All About Self-Employment, hosted by Julia Kermode. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.